This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. Hello and welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Welcome to episode one of season nine. I can't believe we are at season nine, but we are, which is pretty amazing. So today I want to talk to you about two main things. Number one, self-care being a bit of a chore or a real chore a lot of the time, actually. And number two, the fact that by the time you hear this, by the time this lands in your podcast apps, I will be on maternity leave which will not be a surprise to you if you've been following along on social media or if you're on my newsletter list. But first, let's talk about self-care being a chore. I've really been thinking a lot lately about how flipping hard self-care can be (laughs) and how mixed up the messages are that we get about self-care, particularly, you know, the kind of Instagrammable self-care that is sold to us by influencers and companies that want to sell us goop to put on our faces as some kind of lovely indulgence that will solve all our problems. I don't know about you, but that has rarely been my experience of self-care. And it's not the kind of self-care that I advocate for or that underpins my work here at Self-Care for Teachers. My experience of self-care, the kind that I have found just revolutionary in my life and the kind that I teach my clients and that I see making a difference for them is not that indulgent kind of self-care. It's not the bubble baths. It's not the manicures. It's not the skincare routines. In fact, my sister and I have a running joke about hashtag skincare for teachers because of the number of times people selling lotions and potions have asked me to promote their stuff online just because I have the word self-care in my business name, in my website, in my Instagram handle. I always decline, by the way, because that's not the kind of self-care that I advocate for. The kind of self-care that has been transformative in my own life and the kind that I teach is what I have come to call the self-care chores. It's that good for you but doesn't feel good stuff. It's the actions and practices that take energy and discipline and often don't really give much of a sense of gratification when they're done. And like the laundry, the actual chores in our life, these actions and practices are never really done. They're never finished. You've got to keep coming back tomorrow or next week and doing it again and again and again to get the benefits or to maintain the benefits. The self-care chores that I'm talking about are things like exercise and healthy meal prep or learning to meditate to combat stress or setting boundaries with difficult people or unpacking your need to be busy all the time in order to be enough or going to therapy or turning off the TV, leaving your phone outside your bedroom and going to bed early on school nights, even though you would rather watch another episode on Netflix and scroll Instagram in bed. (laughs) So these kinds of self-care chores, they don't feel that great. They're boring and they take effort and sometimes they're just hard. 
sometimes they're uncomfortable. But like the household chores, they're usually important but not urgent. They can be delayed for a time and things will carry on fairly well. But if you neglect them for too long, real issues start to arise. So the real payoff that I see in doing these self-care chores regularly is actually the absence of the pain of not doing them. Does that make sense? The payoff is in the absence of the pain that happens when you ignore them and you neglect them for you know, week after week after week. For teachers, I think that the real payoff for putting your personal needs ahead of workplace tasks is therefore in the absence of the pain that happens with total burnout or full-blown stress-related illness. And that probably doesn't feel very good to hear if you're still exhausted, overwhelmed, and maybe even a bit resentful about how much time and energy you are still spending on school and how little is left for you, right? It's it's not to say that these self-care chores are this magic quick fix that will solve all your problems. You've heard me talk before about how I don't believe in quick fixes. I can't promise you that this kind of self-care will even make you feel that good if you do it. And it won't address the real problems that are going on like unreasonable workload in our profession or, you know, that toxic colleague who makes your staff room an unhappy place or the fact that you've been in lockdown for weeks on end. Those things won't go away with this kind of self-care, this preventative health approach, this proactive approach. This kind of self-care, you know, doesn't make you any magic pill overnight solution promises. It's not a panacea. But what I do know is that it does help because it helps us cope. Even in very small amounts daily, it helps refill our tanks so that we have more fuel to respond to the challenges that life is throwing us. And that is what makes it worth it. And so I want to invite you to reframe your idea of self-care away from that idea of the bubble baths and the manicures. It's not to say that we can't still have that kind of indulgent, Instagrammable self-care. Of course we can. It's nice too. But I want you to, I want to invite you to reframe your idea of self-care to be more like the chores in your life, you know, the household chores that keep everything running smoothly. Because I've had a lot of conversations this year with teachers who have been struggling with self-care because of the way it's been portrayed as this kind of beautiful, enjoyable, just wonderful, indulgent experience. And actually, it's not always. It's often that boring, hard, kind of can't be bothered, but I know it's good for me action that is And showing up to do that boring, hard, can't be bothered, but I know it's good for me action every day or every couple of days regularly in your life, showing up to it. That's what makes the difference over the long term. And that's also what continues to top up our tanks, continues to refill what's getting depleted by our daily lives and by the the stresses of the world. Those kinds of actions, those self-care chores is what build our resilience and improve our well-being little by little over time. And I think by reframing them as chores, and because I put this on Instagram a, a few weeks ago and people 
you know, I've got quite a few DMs about it of people saying, wow, this is just like, it makes so much sense when you put it that way. And it helps me to think about it that way because it makes me not feel like I'm doing something wrong if it feels like an effort to me. So if self-care feels like an effort to you, if it feels like a chore for you, I want you to know that that's okay. That's normal. And in fact, that probably means you're on the right track with the kind of transformative self-care that's actually going to make a difference in your life. It's actually going to give you more energy and more ability to cope, more energy to respond to the challenges rather than react, you know, to the challenges that life throws at us and more of an ability to cope day by day and over the long term too. So I want to invite you to reframe your concept of self-care in term four and beyond to be one a bit more like the chores that we do to keep our lives running smoothly and a bit less like the Instagrammable goop that we put on our faces that's really literally only skin deep. I'd love to hear what you think about that. I'd love to hear if that resonates for you. And I really hope it does because it's been helpful for me and it's been helpful for a lot of my clients as well, I know. So like I mentioned at the start, by the time you uh, hear this, (laughs) I will be on maternity leave. The autoresponder will be on my emails I've scheduled some posts on social media, so there'll still be bits and pieces going out, but I don't have to be actively managing it. And I've sent all the files for this next season of the podcast off to my editor, Angie. As you may know, if you've been following me on social media or if you're on my newsletter list, or I did do a post, uh, a podcast episode about it earlier in the year, it's been a challenging pregnancy for me. I have been juggling pregnancy sickness, hyperemesis gravidarum, And kind of trying to juggle that with normal life and work commitments, which, you know, I must say in the first trimester, there wasn't a lot of either happening. It was just I was out, down and out. But I've been incredibly fortunate to have had a lot of support. And I really want to take a moment to acknowledge that. If I'm sick, I work for myself, right? So if I'm sick, there's really nobody else to pick up the slack, which is a challenge in and of itself. Um, There's no sick leave. There's nobody that I can call to come in and do relief. But that being said, my boss has been very understanding about all the sick days and I was still able to continue most of my coaching work other than a few weeks when I did need to take some time off completely. I've been still able to continue most of my coaching work because it's always been set up to be done from home on Zoom. So I've been able to be, you know, I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to, you know, get dressed and travel anywhere I could do an hour or two at a time and then take a break. And fortunately, my clients this year have been so understanding when I did have to reschedule because of because of my pregnancy sickness. And I am so appreciative that I get to work with such kind and patient people. So thank you to all of my clients this year. Many times you have been the light in a really off-color day. Uh, And I am so grateful for the support and care you have shown me because I really have felt this year that my clients have been checking in on me as much as I've been checking in on them. And in the last few months, as I've been feeling a little bit more energetic again, I have been enjoying connecting with the beta students in the Resilient Teacher Roadmap course, which has been something on my heart for quite a while. And I'm so proud of what I've created And it is now available as a self-paced e-course, which you can go and 
Take On Demand. So it's an eight-week self-paced online course called the Resilient Teacher Roadmap. And it is for tired teachers to learn how to cultivate well-being and build resilience throughout the school year, not just on the holidays. And it's not so much a training program as it is, I guess it's my approach to life and work and well-being that I believe will get you off the downward depletion spiral and onto the upwards resilience spiral. Yes, you'll learn practical strategies and be given steps and tips and tricks and activities to try at home. But even more than that, you will learn the skills to continually take into account the reality of your life and work and differentiate for what you actually need to support your personal well-being. So I'll pop a link in the description of this episode if you want to go and check that out. You know, it is now, like I said, a self-paced e-course and it's available with the other resources in my shop online. So I'll pop a link for all of that down below and you can go and click away and enjoy it if you are interested. So that's a bit of exciting news. And I'm really, like I said, I'm really proud of what I've created there because it has been something that I've been working on for a while and it has been something on my heart for quite a while. I'm also really excited about this next season of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, which is going out thanks to the magic of the internet <laughs> while I'm in my baby bubble. I have recorded some cracker interviews for you this next season. And yeah, I'm, if you haven't already, I hope that you are going to hit follow or subscribe so that you can make sure that you don't miss any of those episodes when they land. I'm changing things up a little bit this time. I'm moving from a weekly to a fortnightly schedule. So the next episode you can expect in, to come out in two weeks time. Every episode will be two weeks after that. That will just spread things out a little bit. Uh, and, and I think, you know, there's loads and loads of content out there now and everyone's really busy. So I wanted to kind of, yeah, spread it out a little bit, I suppose. So like I said, hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app right now so you don't miss those new episodes when they land. And just to wrap up, although I'm taking a break from working, obviously, in self-care for teachers for a while, I want you to know that my work will still be available to you to access on demand. That's why I have my shop so that, you know, so that teachers can access some support when they need it on demand. You know, it can be in the middle of the night or just anywhere with an internet connection, really. So to those who have purchased any of the resources in my shop this year, a very big thank you. It makes a very real difference to my family and we appreciate every one of you. My plan is to take the rest of the year off uh, and return in a very part-time capacity in early 2022, which means that my coaching availability will be very limited. So if you are interested in working with me and you would like to be notified when spots open up in my calendar in 2022, I'll pop a link for the waiting list so that you can get be one of the early birds because it will be first in best dressed for my coaching in 2022. So I'll pop a link down below for that form. As for baby announcements, I plan to make one on social media once baby is here, probably expect that sometime late in October or early November. So you can keep an eye on Facebook and Instagram at Self Care for Teachers for that. And as I sign off now, I want to wish you a safe and well term four, but I also know it's likely to continue to be a challenging term for all of you navigating lockdowns and remote learning and all of the rest. So instead, I'm going to wish you strength and resilience and a gentle reminder to keep yourself on the to-do list this term too. After all, you are a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care. See you later. 
for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher wellbeing and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care.